Good morning, church. Our text this morning will be from the book of Romans, and it is in Romans 10 that I'd like to look, uh, starting in verse 11. You know, whenever I hear or sing the song, Break Thou the Bread of Life, I imagine what it must have been like to be there on that shore of the Sea of Galilee and listen to Jesus speak the word of God. What a blessing that would have been. Well, we can't go back in time and be in that location and enjoy that blessing. But we can turn to the scriptures and we can read the word of God for ourselves. What a blessing that is for us. And we need to appreciate it. We should have the desire to want to hear the word of God at all times and to hear the word of God properly. In our text, we will read starting in verse 11, of Romans 10. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? For it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you look at verses 14 and 15, you see that there are a series of questions asked. And we learn from those questions that preaching, teaching God's word is very important. It has to do with the overall theme of the book of Romans. In Romans 1 and 16, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, that is the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The importance of the gospel or the word of God is expressed in these verses. God's word must be taught for people to believe and then call upon the name of the Lord so that they can be saved. Gospel preaching is so important that people simply cannot be saved without it. We notice that something else is emphasized in these verses. Not only is preaching God's word emphasized, but we learn from verse 17 that hearing God's word is important also. By hearing the word of God, we are able to develop faith. We understand from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that we must develop faith in order to please God. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. As a result of hearing the word of God, we are able to develop faith, 
which we know of as belief and trust, and then we are able to please God. Well, we've just read how important it is to hear the Word of God, but we must hear the Word of God properly. And I suggest that perhaps there are various ways of hearing. And we are concerned about hearing the Word of God the right way. Let's begin by showing that there are different ways of hearing Scripture, and Jesus presented this in a lesson in one of his parables. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 8. And in Luke chapter 8, I want to consider something we've all heard many times. It's Luke's account of the parable of the sower. Here Jesus is showing four ways of hearing God's word. Let's begin first with the parable, and then we will look at the explanation. Starting in Luke chapter 8 at verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears, let him hear. The sower, or a farmer, went out to sow his seed. And as he did so, the seed fell on various types of ground. There is the wayside ground. It is hard and crusty. The seed cannot penetrate it. And since it cannot penetrate, the seed does not have a chance. It cannot germinate and produce a plant. And what happens? The birds see it, and they swoop down and eat it. Then there is the rocky ground. Think of this as a thin layer of soil that's on some rocks. A seed here can germinate and bring forth a plant in that small amount of soil. But as the plant grows, it cannot develop a healthy root system because there is very little moisture. Consequently, in the heat of the day, the little plant does not have a chance and it withers away. There's the ground that's infested with thorns. There's enough soil to bring forth the plant. Unfortunately, there are also thorns or weeds, if you prefer, and they grow up with it. Consequently, the little plant is smothered by all the thorns and it does not have a chance. And then there's the good ground. The good ground receives the seed. The seed produces a plant. The plant matures and it produces fruit. That's what the sower wants. The sower wants to reap a great harvest and that's why he sows seed in the first place. In Jesus' day and even now in some places, the seed is sown by broadcasting it over the ground. This method of planting involves scattering the seed by hand over a relatively large area. As the seed is broadcast, it does fall on various types of soil. Imagine the people in the Lord's audience listening to this parable. Anyone who knew anything about agriculture back then, in that day, would have been very familiar with what the Lord was talking about. Perhaps they could even identify with going out and sowing seed themselves. Or maybe they had a relative that did that and had the same experiences. 
When Jesus finished that part of the parable, he indicated that there was a profound spiritual lesson. He said, he who has ears, let him hear. Jesus said, I'm teaching you something important and I want you to hear it well. Well, what is the lesson that the Lord wants us to take from this parable? We are very fortunate in that the Lord explained this. As we look at the Lord's explanation, first we notice that the seed is identified for us and we do not have to figure that out. Verse 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. That's what it says. The seed is identified for us very clearly. Jesus is explaining the parable and he's showing four ways of hearing, receiving the word of God. He is talking about someone that goes forth to teach the word of God and as that preacher or teacher is engaged in the work of presenting God's word, they need to understand that there are four ways in which people will hear. Now, keep in mind that when I'm talking about a preacher or a teacher, I'm talking about all of us as we engage with others to teach them the gospel. It may be teaching one or it may be teaching many. Jesus is showing us how the word of God, the seed, is received. Let's see what Jesus was talking about when he talked about the wayside soil in verse 12. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Here's an individual who hears the word of God but it does not take root in their life. They cannot be saved. They enjoyed the blessing of hearing the scripture from you, but they had no real desire to learn. As the soil is hard, so is that person's heart, and consequently, they lose it. In verse 13, Jesus continued explaining his parable. But the ones on the rock are those when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. The shallow soil overlaying rock produces quick but impermanent results. This stands for the easily converted and easily lost. Jesus is talking about someone who hears, a person who hears with joy, obeys the word of God, but unfortunately, they do not develop a healthy root structure. And when put to the test, they fall away. That type of hearing can never produce any fruit. Verse 14 then, and the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. The hearer in this category is blessed in that they hear the word of God and receive it into their life. Unfortunately, other things in their life take over and what happens? They do not bear any fruit. Then in verse 15, but the ones that fell on good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. This good ground, is the way we need to be, striving to hear God's word with an honest and good heart. When we hear it, we keep it, 
and then bring forth fruit with patience. Jesus taught very clearly these four ways of hearing the word of God. And since there are several wrong ways of hearing God's word, we need to listen very carefully to the warning that Jesus gives us now in verse 18. He says, therefore, take heed how you hear. From this, we see it's not enough to just hear. We need to strive to hear properly. If we do not hear properly, then we cannot develop any faith. If we do not develop faith, then we cannot please God. And since we're interested in pleasing God, we want to know how to hear God's word properly so it can lead to the development of our faith, which leads to the production of fruit and pleases the Lord. Now let's look at some scripture which teach us how to hear God's word in the right way. For one thing, we need to hear with understanding. If you were to look with me in Matthew 15, Matthew 15 at verse 10, here Jesus is teaching a multitude of people. And it says in Matthew 15 and 10, then he called the multitude and said to them, hear and understand. What were Jesus' opening words on this occasion? He said, hear and understand. Understanding must be very important. Well, it may seem obvious to us. I ask, is it always easy to understand scripture the first time you read it? Well, not for me, and certainly not always. Have you ever had that experience? Jesus said, hear and understand. Can you hear one time and understand everything perfectly? I know I don't. But if we hear with the proper desire and hear over and over again, finally we begin to understand. So to hear properly, we must hear with understanding. A person may read scripture and become frustrated because they do not understand the whole Bible at one time. There is a lot of information in God's word and we have to be patient. We also have to practice perseverance. A person does not usually hear something one time and grasp the entirety of it. As obvious as this should be, we often find in the religious world that people latch on to one thing and fail to study the whole and gain a full understanding. Study often involves repetition and also a willingness to look elsewhere in Scripture to help in understanding what you're currently reading and studying. It has been said that every time you study a passage, you'll learn something new. Of course, that's if you have the desire to learn. Jesus said, hear and understand. And by the way, I had always thought that if I said something one time, people ought to get it. That should be sufficient. Well, I learned that even in explaining something to aerospace engineers, repetition is sometimes required. Go back and study the Lord's teaching and see how many times he repeated something that he taught earlier. Consider how many times a concept is repeated by inspiration in God's word. Why is that? Because we as humans sometimes have a hard time grasping something we've heard only one time. And as you teach or preach, 
do not expect people to grasp something the first time you say it, because Jesus repeated some of the same lessons over and over. I suspect we or someone we know has bought something and when it comes to setting it up, they don't follow the instructions. Sometimes they don't even read them. I've seen people read directions and then throw them away and say, I can't understand that. That's kind of silly sounding, isn't it? What's worse is people taking this grand old book, trying to just casually read it and say, I can't understand it, and then close it up never to read it again. That's sad. We must hear and understand. And by the way, that same parable that we read a few moments ago is recorded also in Matthew at chapter 13. And if you look in Matthew 13 at verse 19, it says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. You see how it helps to study the same statements found in various gospel accounts? We are able to learn additional details as Jesus was explaining the wayside hearer. Here it goes and says that this person does not understand. It added that. To hear properly, we must hear with understanding. Along those lines, in Ephesians chapter 3 at verse 4, it says, By which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. That verse shows us that we can read and can understand the Word of God. The Bible even acknowledges, though, that some things are challenging. The Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3 at verse 15 says, our beloved brother Paul, according to wisdom given to him, has written to you as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which some things are hard to understand. While some scripture might be challenging, that is not saying it is impossible to understand. If we study and attempt to rightly divide the truth, we can and will understand the will of God. To hear with understanding, we must hear with the right attitude, and we must have a desire to understand. Looking at Psalm 119, Psalm 119 at verse 18, the psalmist says, Open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law. What a wonderful request that is to make. Whenever we hear and study God's holy word, ask the Lord to help us open our eyes so that we can see the things that he wants us to see. Well, what about the person who does not approach scripture with that attitude? This might be rather a crude illustration, but it would be like me having glasses which allow me to see and then refusing to wear them. Some people do that, you know. Does it make any sense? Well, not really. What is a whole lot worse, though, is not having the proper desire to know God's will. Having glasses will aid my vision, and then not wearing them is one thing. But looking at Scripture or hearing Scripture without a burning desire to know the will of God and then put it into practice, that's really sad. Psalm 119.18 is a wonderful prayer. 
a wonderful request for us to make when we study scripture. That request, I believe, like Solomon's request for wisdom, pleases God. A person who approaches scripture with an optimistic, positive disposition will be able to understand. Now let's look at Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Acts 17 and 11. And this verse is very familiar to us. It says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. To hear God's word properly, we need to hear with eagerness, but also with discernment. These people enjoyed the blessing of hearing an inspired apostle preach. Did they just blindly accept what Paul said? No. They received Paul's message with readiness of mind, that is, with eagerness. And while they were eager to hear, they also executed discernment. What did they do? They searched the scriptures daily to determine whether the things they were hearing were right. Someone once asked me if it would bother me if someone checked out what I'm preaching. It would be wonderful if they did. On occasion, I have even tried to select sermons that might stir up a desire to check it out. And that's what we're supposed to do. We should not accept any teaching blindly, because if we do, we might be following a blind teacher. And you know what happens when the blind follow the blind. Both fall in the ditch. We have to hear with eagerness and with discernment to make sure that what we are hearing is the truth. Another point I would like to bring up is that we need to hear God's word properly with a meek and humble spirit. Let's look at James now where we're studying, just as we've studied in class, James chapter 1 at verse 21. James 1 and 21 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness. Very important point when it comes to hearing the word of God. People sometimes approach the scripture with their preconceived ideas of what is involved in pleasing God. And that is the wrong way to approach scripture. We are to let God tell us how to please him. That's what hearing with meekness and humility is. Why is it so important that we do that? We are told by James. It is because that word is able to save our souls. Our salvation is at stake. It is imperative that we hear properly, which involves hearing with a meek or humble spirit. As we endeavor to hear with meekness, there's something that must be avoided. We must avoid hardening our hearts. Look with me now in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, and I'm going to read at verse 7, Hebrews 3 and 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness. We need to learn from the mistakes made by the children of Israel. When they heard, oftentimes they hardened their hearts and provoked God. And then in Hebrews 3 and 15, 
Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And then in Hebrews 4 and 7, again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time, it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Something was repeated, wasn't it? To avoid hardening our hearts, we must receive God's word with meekness, humility. And finally, as we hear, we must obey. So let's continue now in James chapter 1 at verse 22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets the kind of man that he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. James is a great illustrator. Not only did he teach clearly in a straightforward fashion, but he illustrates the lessons that he is teaching. What about a person who hears and does not obey? He is like a person who looks in a mirror, sees something that's out of place, and doesn't do anything about it. He just goes his way. Now, when we see ourselves in the mirror, if something is out of place, our hair, our tie, whatever, we correct it, don't we? This person sees in the Word of God something that is out of place in their life, and they do nothing. That's the illustration that James is using to show how important it is that we hear with meekness the implanted Word because it's able to save our souls, and as we hear, we need to do what the Bible says, that is, put it into practice. James said again in James 1 and 25 that a person who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it. That's the kind of hearer that we need to strive to be. So in today's lesson, we've looked at some principles that relate to hearing God's word properly. We must hear with understanding. We must hear with eagerness, but also discernment. We must hear with a meek or humble spirit. And as we hear, we must obey. As we study and hear God's word, let us understand it and allow it to bring forth fruit in our lives. And that puts me in mind, of course, of Galatians chapter 5 at verse 22, where Paul talks about the fruit of the spirit. We should take time in our studies to investigate these nine characteristics that make up the fruit of the Spirit. And as you do so, remember these principles that we talked about today. God help us to think about these things and always hear his word in the right way. Let's go back to that scene we imagined earlier, being on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Among that multitude of people, Jesus is there and he speaks the word of life. What a blessing that would have been to be present that day and to hear the Savior teaching. The ones who were truly blessed were the ones who heard correctly 
and put it into practice. Thank the Lord that we have his holy word to study today. We learn from the New Testament how to be saved. We need to hear the word, believe in Jesus, repent of our sins, confess our belief that Jesus is the Son of God, and be baptized for the remission of sins. If we follow these steps, the Lord adds us to his church. Perhaps there's someone in the assembly today with the need to be buried with Christ in baptism. If anyone has this need or desires the prayers of faithful Christians on their behalf, we encourage them to come forward while we stand and sing our invitation song.